it's been a minute because I've been incredibly busy. I'm not even going to go into all the boring details, but basically moved the horses and an awful lot of stuff going on in the background trying to get EQUK off the ground. So I was joined by Emily probably about a month ago now, and I just have not had time to actually edit this episode and sit down with it. So Emily's story, it's a cool one because she contacted me because she was like, I really want to come on and chat about mental health. And I was like, that's a really, really good concept. But we honestly ended up going down so many different tangents and so so many different rabbit holes. You'll hear Emily's story. I think it's a really interesting insight into the journey of a young person that's obviously has known horses basically her whole life and has found her way out of back into through the industry in various different ways in a relatively short space of time. So I'm going to let Emily tell her story a hell of a lot better than I will. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. So my name's Emily McGregor. Some may know me as EAM a question. Um, I'm 21 and I've recently just taken over a estate stables. So looking after four hunt ponies. It's say really enjoying it so far. And it's a completely different different thing that uh, I'm doing than I originally planned to do. Um, and how was it that you ended up in that role? Uh, so it's a very long, long <laughs> path and one that was not planned in the slightest. <laughs> um so so I've been riding since I was four so 17 years now I've had my own sort of lone ponies owned horses for the past 10 years um so my current horse is a thoroughbred mare and who I've had for five years and produced to event and then my other horse is Lily who is a Welsh cross who is just a little firecracker and um, I've had her just over a month now so still very much getting to know each other and and seeing what buttons we can push but I think she's going to be going to be quite fun uh, how I got into what I'm doing I left school in 2020 so just at the start of covid um so very very much thrown in the deep end was very much not pressurized but felt almost all my friends were had their unis chosen had their degrees chosen and I was a bit in the limb I didn't really know what I wanted to do so I ended up going to Edinburgh Uni to do PE teaching and um, I did that for two years went on placement at a local um secondary school and just it wasn't for me but I thought now nah, I'm not gonna not gonna do this for another two years for a job that I'm, I'm not gonna enjoy it's yeah. a very it's a degree that's very channel so it's only sort of one avenue you can you can sort of go down so I left there had a bit of time out I was very much into the gym at that point so I looked at becoming a personal trainer um, and doing my BHS exams as well so becoming sort of a trainer for the rider trainer for the coach trainer for the horse and then just from some research I saw that there was an equine degree in Scotland and so I applied for that classic me applied very last minute the day before closing date and so very thankfully managed to go get into that but again went on to the degree around campus and it wasn't what I was expecting it to be how it was um there's also quite a few of the students sort of the average age was probably about 17 18 obviously being a bit older not that I'm a lot older but I had a bit more life experience so I found it quite challenging to engage and interact with some of the students and yeah for again for numerous reasons just didn't feel right yeah it didn't feel right I didn't really it's not I didn't enjoy it I did enjoy it I was working with horses that's what well I realized I now wanted to do you were getting warmer by this point yeah I was warming (laughs) I was warming back up to the idea of uh, working with horses after say having worked I had worked previously at yards before I went to uni so I worked for Karen Carson and did a bit of work with the Hendries as well both of which I thoroughly enjoyed and you know for Karen as well she's she's been a massive influence in everything that I've done and so I, I, I owe a lot to her but after that in school and stuff it, I sort of tried to steer myself away from horses like keep your horses as a hobby and do something else as a job but as you say <laughs> getting, getting a wee bit warmer thought you know okay maybe this this is the right thing you could be convinced to come back yeah so I was all set for going back for second year and um, September just passed and then I was just job searching I really wanted to get into the sales I'd done a mm. placement with my first year and um, down with equilibrium products so working with the team 
loves in the marketing the sales mm-hmm. product design it was just absolutely amazing experience and mm-hmm. one that if you are interested in doing the more corporate business side of the industry then I'd recommend trying get in with those guys because they are phenomenal yeah. like the things I learned about business in general about the products it's just their products are amazing there's so much research behind them and you actually read into it and you're like oh actually yeah I, w- I would buy that for my horse that's something I would buy yeah. it's not just it's not just a pair of brushing boots or a lot of thought for the horse's welfare which for me is like you know yeah. it's it's the main thing the main drive Definitely. So that's when I realized sort of, no, actually, I want work within the industry, but not directly with horses. You know, yeah. there's so much more scope. I think a lot of people now think working with horses, it's, oh, you must be go and be a groom. You must go and do this. No, it's not at all. There's so it's much sales, marketing, nutrition, like there's so much scope. So I say I was really interested in the sales side. So I applied for a few sales jobs. Mm-hmm. All of them were like, must have experience, must have experience, <laughs> must have experience. So applied for some more, more lower key ones. I yeah. thought I maybe had a chance. So I say I had a few interviews for a couple mm-hmm. um one that I did interview was wasn't equine based it was agricultural mm-hmm. but it was selling the Eiffel Williams trailers mm-hmm. um unfortunately didn't get that position because again they went with someone with experience yeah um so I sort of said I was like right okay we'll just go back to the second year see what happens and I say I saw this job come up looking for a stable manager slash groom for mm. family estate uh, for four ponies applied for it and say I managed managed to somehow get that one and mm-hmm. it's it's been really good to say it's not what I plan to do I'm, I'm not sure it might be my forever thing but for me it's just getting past that boundary that you're experiencing with the experience side yeah and I think with you especially because you were kind of that COVID generation that kind of came out of school and everyone when they come out of school they kind of get funneled into you must know exactly what you mm-hmm. want to do right away and that will be your like like your life yeah. for the rest of your life which is just not the reality of the world and I think it's so hard for your age group in particular coming kind of coming out of that and then kind of finding your way like into the right thing mm-hmm. because do you, I don't know do you feel like you kind of like missed a few years because you kind of did a year online like I think that... I missed a few years yeah with the, with the online I mean those few years have flown by like mm-hmm. looking back it feels like yesterday they have just collapsed haven't they yeah. but it's I think I've also missed a few years of actually being say I miss being 18 going out and partying yeah. you know just that whole thing that when you're younger you're about 16 17 like oh, I can't wait to be 18 to yeah. and for me I think that was so it's been so crucial I think for anyone and mm-hmm. in, in who they've become because mm-hmm. of that and I think looking back the person I was before COVID and the person I am after COVID mm-hmm. they're very similar but they're not the same anymore yeah. they've got a different perspective on everything and mm-hmm. say just like everyone else it, it affected everyone differently yeah so I think the the online it was it was a drag like say the course was asking you to be interacting with what well, was preparing you to be interacting with primary school age children yeah. but you know I wasn't even interacting with people my own age so how was I then expected <laughs> to interact with I forgot my human being yeah <laughs> you know like most days I spent in my pajamas like getting yeah. dressed was you know it was a treat to be honest <laughs> so I guess do you think that like well you, well you said actually that you weren't the same you're not the same person now as to how mm. you were before like what what do you mean by that I think I've got a very different outlook before COVID I was very much this is what I want to do this is how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. A, B, C gets us to where we want to be. There is a linear path in yeah, life. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, this is my path. I'm not changing. No, I'm yeah. going off that direction. I'm not, not interested. Yeah. Whereas actually from my journey, from trying to steer myself away from horses so much to yeah. then actually doing a whole 180 and coming back round. Yeah. It's okay to chop and change it's okay to not be 100% sure on what you want to do and I think there's such a it's not as bad but there's still such a stigma on anyone be it horsey be it you know leaving school Mm -hmm. you must do this Mm -hmm. you must do that and actually no you don't yeah you can take your time you can dip your toe in and try things some people might look at my Edinburgh uni two years wasted I'm like and some days I am like that I am like I wish I'd stuck it out because you know I'd be graduating next year and I'd be in a full-time job and blah 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 full-time job you don't want to do exactly (laughs) so why would I then do the extra two years for a job that I'd be doing for the rest of my life and not enjoy it like life is genuinely too short you don't know what's around the corner so if you want to go and try something just go and do it that's yeah. you know I say I'd never set out to be a yard manager it's not something that appealed to me a couple of years ago but now I've actually done it I'm like yeah. it's it's a step in the direction I don't know where yet but yeah. that's okay whereas before I'd been like oh my god what am I gonna do yeah. but it's actually all right to just take each day as it comes yeah I mean granted there is that there does need to be an element of organization with your life like you mm-hmm. do need to have goals to 
you, make, you kind of have to know roughly like I think you just have to know yourself in terms mm-hmm. of like knowing what feels good to you yeah and then you kind of can feel your way through like what feels right and the good fit and what just doesn't yeah for you. and that's okay that takes time and that's something that I've had to learn as well like Rome mm-hmm. wasn't built in a day yeah I'm very impatient and yeah. so I'm having this with the yard at the minute I like think that's quite a horsey thing like I'm very much the same <laughs> I like I want this done I want this done I want this done and it's like and I want it's, to know. yeah it's not all gonna happen um so yeah I just think COVID and the emotions and personal emotions Mm -hmm. and the horses because you know it's a tough time for everyone and Mm -hmm. the horses were such a relief for so many people and I was so thankful I had them and I was so thankful as well that the yard I was on was allowing me to go and still see them because I know there was a few yards that were complete like nope not coming in yeah and there was still stick because I I chose to continue to ride during the the pandemic and I was getting backlash from that really I was getting backlash oh you're putting the NHS at risk blah 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 I put put the NHS at risk leaving my front door (laughs) like backlash from people like at the yard or like on social media like a bit of both really okay you know for me that was my release yeah I was probably a more strain on the NHS <laughs> if I didn't ride because I would have just been trying to stay sane here <laughs> yeah trying to stay sane worrying about stuff and I'd actually just lost my best friend at the beginning of COVID as mm-hmm. well so I was like dealing with that emotion and mm-hmm. they say the horses are such a relief for me to just mm-hmm. be able to go out and be like no right okay we'll just we'll just we'll just leave that that package there and we'll come back and deal with it later just even that hour out yeah even now it's I think from the competing it's different to then go we leave that package there you, you, yeah. you take the competing and the, the experiences you have with competing you take with you and like oh, I could have done that better I could have I could have got more bend and suppleness on that mm-hmm. tire and all I could have approached that fence better mm-hmm. but again it's just trying to learn that okay that happened we move on we try again yeah you know tomorrow's it doesn't define day. you yeah there's so much stigma as well now that I'm very much a person that I can't sell my horses. I wish mm. I could sometimes, but I just, I'm so emotionally <laughs> attached. Yeah, I'm so emotionally attached to them that I can't do it. And I feel sometimes bad for that. I get mm-hmm. made to feel bad for that. Like, oh, you could be doing this or you could be riding at this level. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I could be, but I want to do it with my horse. Yeah. I don't want to do it with a horse that, you know, the horses to me are not a business. They've never been mm-hmm. a business. Yes, granted, they do have, they are a tool for a job. Yeah. But they're not at all for a job in the sense that if they're not doing that job, then they go. Yeah. Then if they're not doing that job, we find them something else to do. Yeah. They're, they're to me they're pets, and yeah. I totally understand. Your friends. Yeah. friends. A lot of a lot of people have them as say tools for a job, and yeah. there's a business element to it, which is totally understandable. But mm-hmm. I don't think anyone should be made to feel bad for having them as pets. Yeah. I think there's something interesting there about what you said because you obviously spoke at the start about how you were like, oh, I don't want to work with horses. You maybe think that you kind of have to have the mentality of the horse is there to do a job Mm -hmm. and I need that mentality to work in this industry but the fact that you kind of have like both things going on there because you're like they're my friends and I respect them and I want to work with them and achieve things together whatever that is but I also like want to work with them and it can feel like there's a bit of a mismatch there but there actually isn't at all and I think that what you're saying is interesting and that it's about being able to respect the horse like as a like colleague and partner yeah and like working with them Uh I I was so scared that my hobby would become my job and then I wouldn't enjoy my hobby 100% but I've learned that I can still have horses of a hobby and horses of a job they don't have to be interlinked no so it's a bit about like compartmentalizing it all uh-huh. So I see I'm lucky with my job that I get to ride my horses when I want during the day. But yeah, that's you, you go into a different parcel when you're riding your own horse rather than you're yeah. riding your, your client's horses or stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. my it's horse, a mindset. Yeah, thing. totally, totally. And it's a work life balance as well, like being able to actually work your horses into your job. Because I think one of the things that well, I, I felt the same way, like leaving school. I was like, because I, I worked at a, a yard and I was like, oh, I don't think I want to work with horses because it means I won't get to enjoy my own. Mm-hmm. And you end up spending so much time worrying about being able to do your own horse justice that you're like oh I I have to make sure that my job suits my horse Mm -hmm. and so being able to find something that kind of ticks all the boxes is actually like the key to your own like sort of mental sanity and stability I think it's so difficult for a lot of people when horses aren't a business or aren't their main job mm-hmm. trying to compete at the levels that everyone everyone dreams of competing at badminton yeah. like that's everyone's well it's mine anyway yeah. but it's difficult because I say especially if you're working as a groom or something like mm-hmm. you're doing so ridiculous hours you're it's working physically demanding yeah, it's physically demanding you sit down for five minutes and you go actually I'm really tired <laughs> like, I can't yeah I can't I can't go and ride my own horse and I think say I'm very fortunate in the sense that my horses are at the yard that I work at mm-hmm. so it makes that element even that element of travel 
so much yeah. better. I mean, yeah. before I was there, my horse was, say I only had the one, yeah. she was 40 minutes to an hour away. Mm. So by the time you get there, you're like, oh, I need to go in whatever time. You're you in can't, a rush. Yeah, yeah. You know, if there's traffic and, you know, it's just that element of, of the actual riding sort of fades. And then I, I'm starting to feel guilty. I'm like, oh, the horse isn't getting worked. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. And I'm like, the horse is an animal. She's quite happy standing up here. The horse doesn't care. As long as it's got grass and feed and a scratch every now and then, if you don't ride it every day, it's not going to be thrown in the SSPCA for itself. Yeah. It's a horse at the end of it. It's an animal. Like, say, Sasha's been in on- field ornament for the past six months <laughs> she, she's not hard done by she's she's perfectly happy yeah she's perfectly happy i mean she does get a bit jealous when the other one gets taken out with a tack on and goes in a bit of a huff <laughs> but you know it's it's okay to i don't think people should feel guilty if they're not riding their horses yeah yeah i think there's a lot to be said about knowing your own mind and knowing about like what's important to you and kind of sticking like on your path yeah so you were saying about like how great horses were like for your mental health but like working with the in working within the horse industry can be quite tough mentally mm-hmm. um what are your experiences of working within the industry and your mental health um well i'd say i've not in comparison to other people i've not worked in the industry religiously mm-hmm. i've sort of dipped in and out a bit of it it wasn't the reason that you wanted to leave so. yeah and i say my i can't say i've had a bad experience you know i've mm-hmm. been very fortunate for the people that i've worked for mm-hmm. um i've been fortunate with the horses i've managed to work with mm-hmm. but I, I know a lot of people have had real difficulty and mm-hmm. I think my experiences are say I got into the industry quite young I think I was about well I started volunteering on yards when I was about yeah. nine ten, and then <laughs> actually got my first like paid working on the yard job I was about I think I was about 14 and mm-hmm. absolute you know the best thing the in dream. the world it was it was an absolute dream and I say I still look back and I have so many great memories yeah of there and again that's another experience that's really shaped what yeah who I am and my values with the horses yeah so I mean there was an element of I think throughout school because as you can probably tell my accent's not very Scottish <laughs> there was that element of she's got horses she's sounds English oh she must be posh she must yeah. be this and it's not that at all yeah you know you shouldn't judge someone on the what their hobby is or how how they sound so mm-hmm. It was difficult with with friends being like, "Oh, Emily, you coming? You coming to this party at the yeah. weekend?" I'm like, "No, I can't. I'm working in the morning." Yeah. Or no, I can't. I'm competing in the morning. Oh, yeah. I'll just leave the horse. Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Can't do that." Yeah, I can't do that. And then say I was seeing someone at the time, and they were like, "Oh, all we do is go up to the yard." And <laughs> you know, I'm sick of going to the yard. Can you not just have a day where you're not at the yard? I was like, "Well, the horse hasn't got thumbs. It can't like open the tack from itself and make its feed up." Yeah. Mentally wise, you do question yourself a wee bit. You do question. You try like, and why am I actually doing this? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Is it the right thing? You quite you get quite anxious. You get quite worried about it. Yeah. You're constantly like, "Oh, am I doing the right thing? Is this right?" Am I? You're trying to keep so many people happy when at the end of the day, your most important person to keep happy is yourself. Yeah. You have and, to be the center of your own world. Yeah, exactly. And the center of my world are my horses. And mm-hmm. it was really difficult for people or my friends to sometimes understand that. Yeah. It was like, no, I can't go to the cinema this weekend because I've got a competition to pay for. I can't, you know, do this because I've got that to do. And it's yeah. just, but to them, that's that's the norm. Well, this is my norm. Yeah. So you, it's that compromise and say, I think there's, you chat about mental health of it's, it's always a bad thing. And there's mm. not, I mean, my mental health, when I was working horses is brilliant. You feel a sense of achievement, a sense of pride, like seeing you, the person you work for come over that finish yeah. line, like the horse is happy, the horse is home safe, your rider's yeah. home safe. Like there's such a deep yeah, sense of satisfaction. Yeah, like I'm part of this team. This is yeah. part of my family. Yeah that's a really good I think mental health needs to be talked about as a positive thing as well definitely because anytime someone says mental health think oh mental health illness negative no it's it's not it's not like that at all yeah mental health is it's something that we all have and it's like a fluctuating scale of between good Mm -hmm. and bad and being able to maintain good mental health is key yeah and so obviously what you're saying there is like the reward that you get from your work with horses is the thing that kind of is what fills your cup and makes you feel yeah. like mentally good and I guess it can be I can, but I can also see what you're saying about how especially like when you were younger like you kind of you, did you feel like you kind of had FOMO like from your oh 100% you're like I'm definitely missing out on something exactly that I'm, party must have been the best thing yeah <laughs> and there was a point where the parties somewhat overtook not completely overtook yeah. you know I was always there for my horse in the morning I was always yeah. there to to ride but the riding got less and less yeah and the going out of friends got a bit more and mm-hmm. I think again because of I miss so many not so many I miss a couple years of COVID it's mm-hmm. like I've got so much parting to catch up on yeah and there was FOMO there was like oh I want to go and do that yeah 
but looking back you can get formal from missing stuff with the horse yeah a hundred percent and I've, I've <laughs> say with having Sasha out for the past couple of months I've been having like memories pop up on my phone and stuff of right. this time last year you were at Hopeton this time yeah. last year you were, I was like oh, I've really missed that as well yeah I, re- I do really miss the competing side of things and it's something that I am hoping to get back into yeah but it's just I think for me I'm such a people pleaser mm. I worry so and I still not do now and it's probably one of my worst traits I worry so much about other people's opinions and mm. what other people are thinking of me and what other people are saying of me mm-hmm. and it's something my mom and dad always said said you know the people that matter will know yeah the people that matter will know you will know 100% they're the people that you can trust to go to and get opinions from yeah but when they're asked for yeah not when they're just thrown at you say I've, I'm still to this day I still worry about what other people are thinking of me and oh I should be doing this because x y because this person's mm-hmm. doing this I'm like no I'm going at my speed I'm going at what's comfortable for me and what's mainly comfortable for my horses and what's yeah. suitable for them and what feels right yeah especially with say having so many paths that I've you know done re- over the last <laughs> couple of years again go and do my uni degree become a PE teacher have some nice horses on the side maybe yeah. blah 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 do the sensible thing yeah but I'm not, to me, that felt boring. That felt easy. You were tick, like, you yeah. were ticking boxes. It felt beige. Yeah. That's how I describe it. Like you're playing Sims. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it felt very textbook, very, actually, having done that, you need to know when enough's enough. And mm-hmm. it's, it is okay, completely okay to chop and change your mind. Definitely. How do you find, like, kind of preparing yourself mentally to compete? Because I think there's something really interesting mm-hmm. about riding and having a sport that is like because we've obviously spoken about how we love our horses they're our pets they're our friends but simultaneously we also go out and do mad things with them that we ask them (laughs) to do especially like as eventers and you're like there's a definitely a mindset that you need to succeed in that like do you want to talk a little bit about how you feel a question is there's always two people competing yeah it's not like I mean, again, for some people, they have a string of horses. Yeah. And those people... Very results-driven. Yeah, Mm results-driven. I'm still results-driven in a sense, but I take a sense of achievement from... I bought a horse that hadn't really done much, and I managed to do this with it. Mm -hmm. The way I compare it is that it's like someone who plays hockey. Mm -hmm. Their hockey stick breaks. They Mm -hmm. just buy a new hockey stick. Yeah. Unfortunately for me and a lot of other people, that's just not not doable in the horse world. The horse breaks can't just go out and buy a new horse got to fix the horse yeah got to fix the horse and then it's all the the money and the the worry that comes with that and mm-hmm. is the horse going to come right and the ups this, and downs yeah yeah so you're very much relying it's a partnership and you're very much relying on on your partner yeah the same way that the horse relies on you to feed it and look after it so yeah. it can be a partner with with the sport and when you've had something like that it's a victory just to even get to the start line like even oh, just like, going down the center line on a dressage test at the start of an event after you've gone through all of that yeah. you're just like have one like <laughs> get the photo that's what I care about. get the nice photo absolutely um actually competing as i say i'm quite i still get uptight now i mean i've not competed since i've not competed properly since last year so yeah. I think going back to the idea of it is really daunting. But the thing mm. that for me, thinking about it now, that's most daunting is, again, other people's opinions. Mm. You're trying to succeed for yourself. You're trying to succeed for your horse. You're trying to get all your ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't happen sometimes. Like yeah. you can go to a show jumping event and, I don't know, the horse could get spooked by something that you didn't prepare for. Yeah, like the and most ridiculous thing can happen. You're like, I didn't, I didn't foresee that. Yeah, and it just throws the whole day and you're just mm-hmm. like, well, I spent all this money and I've done this and all this training and blah, blah, blah. But you've just got to go. And just, ah, yeah. And just accept whatever, it. Whatever. Whatever. We've got the next round. But I think for me, the, the phase I fear the most is the show jumping. I don't know what it is about collapsible fences. See solid Big fences. <laughs> yeah. See fences that don't fall down that cause accidents. Brilliant. I'll fly them. <laughs> but see the one that no, I just show jumping for me, it's, it's, it's my nemesis. Um, when I was younger, it was dressage. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, where do we want to do dressage? Dressage is boring. But I think that's a lot of mindsets for kids. It's want to gallop fast and jump high. Yeah. Whereas now, actually, to gallop fast and jump high, you need an element of skill. And yeah. that skill comes from your flat work. It comes yeah. from your dressage. So I do, I hold my hands up probably a bit, a bit old for my age, but I do quite enjoy a dressage test now. I do, I do too. And I think like you, get, you come to enjoy dressage the better that you get it. Yeah. Because I hated it right at the start when I first got my mirror. I was like, oh my God, this is so annoying. <laughs> I was like, it's an absolute shambles. She just keeps trying to jump out the arena. <laughs> and then you actually kind of get semi-decent at it. And you're like, oh, yeah. suddenly it's not that bad. <laughs> but I think for me, the funny thing about dressage is because I'm, as I say, someone that worries a lot about other people's opinions. I'm paying to be judged. Yeah, literally. And like you can do a, you 
can do a banging test and you're like that was literally the best test of my life and then you're like oh I got a solid 63% yeah again <laughs> yeah I think for me it's always been when the test is going really well and you think oh actually yeah the judge isn't seeing that like yeah. the judge doesn't see that that's your worst <laughs> test and then it was like I was at where was I, I think it was at Belsey last year mm. and the t- test it was it was an all right test I was like yeah I could have done this better could have done that better I was like yeah. yeah not not my best not I was in second place after the dressage I wonder if we had the same judge at Belsey last year because <laughs> I remember thinking the same thing at Belsey I was like oh that could have been a lot better and I was like oh nice yeah <laughs> generous um, so I think I think your emotions actually on the emotions running up to the day are is everything is say all my ducks in a row have I done enough training you, yeah and you, you fall into that trap of oh I should go for one last cross-country training yeah but why if you trust your horse why do you need to go for another cross-country training yeah or oh I could I could go in them um, I should do that I should do that yeah and says who yeah a horse, I think for me a horse has only got so many jumps in them yeah so I th- if you over jump them you you running that risk of quite a lot of injury to them mm-hmm. um so I think you've got all that emotion and worry about leading up to event and then the mm. day before have I cleaned this have I packed this and my poor dad bless him he's always like <laughs> getting getting it in the neck and he, he tries he still does he's been absolutely brilliant he's not horsey at all but yeah. he's he supported me all the way and my mum has as well but yeah. she's she supports me I think more emotionally and yeah she's she's always flying my flag yeah and always back up yeah always build me back up and even when it's been a bad day it's been no you don't really well blah 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 and yeah um so I think my dad he's always trying to learn he was always trying to learn you know how oh have I done this right have I done that right and it I need to do the studs studs. yeah yeah (laughs) he's had so many accidents with studs I don't know what it is but my mayor she hates her back studs getting put in an event so we're at an event and we thought he'd broken his collarbone oh no she managed to get him not being funny but I can't drive this lorry so you're going to need to like get a bit better <laughs> so yeah he's always up early and always support me I think it's really important to have for your mental side as well to have that support network yeah. to have those people that they don't have to be horsey they can no. just be friends that, that come along and you know bring tray bakes or bring tea yeah. or something like just go for just, chips and cheese after exactly. and just have a nice debrief exactly and I think it's so important to have that support network and mm-hmm. but having a support network that you can work with and yeah. that is actually supporting you and supporting your horse. I think that for me came to light. I had a quite a nasty accident about three years ago. Mm -hmm. I had a, I don't know what you call it. We we just call it a double rotational fall um, down a a cross country event and the horse fell, kept rolling with me still on. I eventually detached myself somehow and say, I don't remember much from it. I say, I didn't know who my mom was at the time. I didn't Mm. know a horse was, you know, they were saying, oh, we need to bring the air ambulance down. And we're like, well, we've got a field of 200 horses here. Like helicopters, really not a good idea. idea. And so, say so I managed, they managed to get me into the ambulance, got me up to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And once I regained, once I regained my memory and mm-hmm. realized what's going on, I was like, oh my God, my horse. Mm-hmm. Like, where is my horse? Is she okay? Is she okay? People that I didn't even know that day were, you know, they came running down the hill, make sure I was all right. I think it was Equitate where they checked mm-hmm. over my horse and they didn't charge yeah. a penny to check her over. Yeah. My dad, bless him, took her back to the yard. We had a team of people waiting back at the yard to yeah. make sure she was all right. And I say I had, my mum with me at the hospital mm-hmm. I had them friends and family coming down and just that whole those three days I say I was on the spinal trauma board so mm-hmm. you're, you're looking up at the ceiling the whole time all you can do is think yeah. your mind just, just trapped in your own yeah, head just trapped in your head you can't you've not even got control of your own body at this point like you, you've been taken away that control because yeah. you're in this brace just the support I was getting from people I didn't even know yeah I mean my mum and dad went up to I think it was harbour at Dalkeith mm-hmm. the the day of the accident because mm-hmm bless them they didn't know that you can buy butte over the counter oh. um so they went up have you got any butte and they were like oh no what's it for and so the whole so went, oh the girl down at duns duns and dalkeith are quite a way away yeah. like, people already asking of me people already you know sending messages wishing me well and yeah. say just those three days of sitting in my my own head of this could have happened that could have happened yeah what if this does happen yeah all you can do is worry and knowing that you've got the support network and behind you is yeah. it was for me it was such a a relief such a no this is going to be okay like I've got people that genuinely care about me genuinely care about my horse and I've yeah. again people that were looking after my horse and it's we're in a world now where everything costs something yeah everything costs something and these people wouldn't take a penny yeah not a penny for any of the help and I'm still so grateful to them all for 
say it could have been a really nasty accident thankfully it wasn't yeah and you, you still have repercussions from it there's still days where I think back to it and it's like what if that did happen where would I be but yeah. there's no point dwelling on the if buts and maybes you just oh. need to as I say take each day as it comes like deal with what you've currently got and not yeah. worry about past stuff you, you can't change your past you can't change how you jump that fence no you can't you can't change your past and influence your future if that yeah. makes sense you can put the implications in place for your future but yeah. if that future doesn't go to plan then that's okay as well yeah definitely how did you find like coming back to riding like after the fall <laughs> well I was told not to ride for six weeks um but as in the question <laughs> as in the question I came out on Wednesday and went dressage on Saturday <laughs> um plus my mum was like that's it with Sam the horses the horses are going I'm not having horses just anymore. dressage that's fine yeah so it was just dressage I thought I, I don't think I told her until the day before that I was going she's like you're <laughs> And I remember the judge's comments. It was like, lovely horse. Rider's a bit stiff. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I been, wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I have been horizontal for the past 72 hours. <laughs> yeah, coming back, it was it was good. I mean, when I came back, it was straight into COVID times. Mm. So I was meant to be going down to the riding club championships, which has always been a dream of mine. I'd always yeah. wanted to compete down there. And I qualified my horse in both the dressage and the show jumping. Yeah. So I was getting ready for that. And then obviously that got cancelled. Mm. So it was a bit like, looking back, I think I came back to the sport at the right time. Yeah. It gave me time to sort of warm back into yeah. it. It gave me time to reflect. It gave me time to work on my horses. It gave me time to to think about what my actual values are yeah. within the industry. Yeah. And coming back when there wasn't any competitions on, yeah. there wasn't any you you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So I was very fortunate in the sense that I'm still allowed onto the yard and I'm still allowed to to ride. And I think it was just gentle bringing me back. So when I felt prepared yeah. when things did kick off. I didn't feel you, were, if you I, weren't tempted to like jump yeah, into it too soon. Exactly. I wasn't tempted. I wasn't I wasn't pressured. I, I didn't feel I had to do it there and then. I think yeah. if I'd gone back and everything was how it was and you had the pressure to get out yeah. and compete because you're like, oh well, we've got Fork and Denny in two weeks' time, yeah. so let's go there. Exactly. And I think, you know, every, every cloud has a silver line. And for me that that was it. It just gave me time. Yeah. Just gave me time to just relax and mm-hmm you know definitely actually understand what happened because and process it yeah process it because I think I recovered physically it took a while yeah but even now I say three three four years on it's still it's it's still a worry like anytime you I don't go forget something like that. oh no you, I mean you forget when you do it apparently but <laughs> you, you don't forget the aftermath if you've got the video to look at yeah exactly <laughs> exactly I've always got that memory um but yeah you just you, you take time to remember it and you think about it and I say even going going back to competing now is it, it's a worry yeah I'm, I'm concerned you know you, you don't know what's going to happen out in the cross country you don't know anything can happen I mean yeah as you see like badminton bro obviously we had the Scottish rider this year had the really yeah. nasty accident and it's just like you know it just take time it, it is a risky sport you, you're asking this animal that's got its own brain mm-hmm. that nine times out of ten will spook at a crisp packet <laughs> to jump this insanity, really yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, I am looking forward to getting back competing, but it always it always sits in the back of your mind, like mm-hmm. the what ifs. Yeah. But yeah, it's it would be good to be back. It's a really good atmosphere when when you're there most of the time. You sound ready for it. I am. I think I am. I'm ready for it. I think because of my main horse hasn't been in action. Mm-hmm. I'm really keen to get her back out next year. Yeah. That's if she can. If not, say so I've got my other one who she might event. I'm not sure. We'll yeah. see about that. I think dressage should be quite entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, I just miss the, I actually miss getting up at four o'clock in the morning yeah. to go to an event. I think my dad, although he doesn't admit it, he does miss it as well. <laughs> um, you know, just, just that sense of personal achievement. It's it's so easy to compare, like you, you were talking about how you're like, you think you're a bit of a people pleaser. It can be so easy to like compare yourself against others and it can very quickly all become about how to win yep. rather than how to like be your best. Yeah. And actually being able to kind of compare your performance against like either your last performance or your worst performance and being able to be like, look how far I've come. It doesn't matter that on this leaderboard today I am 10th. In my mind, this is actually the best that I've ever done. Yeah. Being able to do that, I think, is I think it's a really important life skill just for anything. Yeah. I think I have I have struggled with, you know, people again when I was a couple of years younger, people my age going out and doing the two, three star. I'm like, yeah. why can't I do that? Yeah. And 
you do, you do. It's, it's a dark place I mean you, you're envious you're jealous of these people and you feel a bit dirty for feeling that way yeah you do and I'm like you know what that that's okay you know because that's showing me that I, gen- I I'm genuinely passionate about what like I do like you want it I want it but I think there's also need to be realistic sometimes and that's a really hard thing for a lot of the questions I've struggled with that it's actually being realistic what mm-hmm. what am I actually going to achieve yeah and I think that comes back down to the the fact that my horses are a pet to me yeah I think if I had that mindset of that's nah, not doing its job up the road it goes yeah I would be in a completely different place competing wise because you you'd have pushed yourself further and it would yep. have been less about not le- not less about the horse because that's it's not about saying like that mentality doesn't care about the horse it's about what your priorities are and if you're prioritizing the relationship that you have with a mm-hmm. horse rather than the priority rather than the relationship that you have with competing those are like two different relationships to kind of have going on yeah. in your life and I think you also kind of have to recognize maybe where someone's come from because I mean it sounds like your parents like aren't horsey oh no not so at like all. if like the same as mine so like you've kind of had to learn all of this yourself mm-hmm. and you've relied on meeting the right people that have been able to teach you things and if you've not if you've not had the opportunities with the right people or you've not been able to get out to shows you're not going to be as far ahead as other people yeah. your age that haven't had the same sort of like start in place yeah 100 percent. i think a lot of it although it is a bit taboo subject a lot of it is finance as well oh, definitely you know I'd, I'd love to have the nice big 18 ton lorry with six horses on it but <laughs> it's just for me it's just not a financial viable option no if i win the lottery it might be a bit different but <laughs> that'd be quite optimistic that's I what need we're to, all waiting on i need to buy a ticket for that one <laughs> Um, realizing that you go at your own speed you mm-hmm. go you, as you say you, what your priorities are if it's not your values yeah yeah and I think having your own sort of set of values is really important yeah what would you say your values are oh that's a, <laughs> that's a difficult one that wasn't in the debrief <laughs> sorry the brief rather um I think they're different between personal life and horse life mm-hmm. but they also interlink slightly as well yeah I think honesty and commitment yeah regardless of what you do is is paramount respect as well Mm -hmm. I think respect's a big one actually because there's respect for the sport Mm -hmm. there's respect for your horse and it's respect for the people that are around you Mm -hmm. and the respect you expect to receive as well and the respect for yourself yeah I don't I don't know what I've never been asked that I mean (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's some pretty good values to have but I think like it's it is important to have that and it's important to kind of have the the space within your mind to be like this is what's really important to me and yeah if I'm unsure about a decision like will a decision that I'm making infringe on my values in any way and being able to identify your values and then using them to make decisions is probably an important way to kind of like navigate life yeah that's, that's I'm gonna have to go away and think about what my values actually are <laughs> I've never been asked that but yeah I think with the horses one of my big values is the horse's welfare always yeah, that come that first. comes bit above anything and sorry mum dad above anyone as well um <laughs> like any horse person yeah, would say the same you know I'd say I was away at um where was I I was away in St Andrews with my partner not that long ago I just moved to the yard of my job and yeah I got a call from the the girl that's looking after the horse like you yeah. need to come to the yard I was like oh my goodness what's happened yeah and I don't know how she managed it but Lily had managed to like cut the bottom of her eye on I don't even know what I've walked around no. the field about 20 times and cannot find it they thing. know when you go on holiday yeah I, it was my first day off first week on the job I'd already had the vet out for Sasha because she'd had an asthma attack so I was like I phoned my dad I was like dad you're gonna need to go down to the yard he's like oh but I'll do this I was like no please he's yeah. like right fine okay I'll go and bless him I spoke to the vet afterwards because yeah. I saw the vet and he's like I think your dad was really worried he was worried what you were gonna think and oh. everything I was like oh see my dad he's very much he pretends he doesn't like the horses the horses are a nuisance this side yeah. else. but I've got photos and videos he when, he, when, he, when he's not looking I just managed to catch a little moment and it's just you know for me those are the things I cherish the most yeah. is those little moments of my horses bonded with the people that are closest to me yeah having those memories to me is so much more important than going out and getting a rosette yeah definitely I, well the last question I think we've sort of already looked at a little bit as an industry what do you think that we can do better when it comes to looking after and prioritizing the mental health of those who work within it I think it's really difficult now for people wanting to get into horses and finding a job that is convenient to them a lot Mm. of places like I think the working pupil system is brilliant yeah I think that's a really valuable system that we have running within the industry Mm -hmm. but the pay is not brilliant yeah 
you're expected to go into these jobs with a abundance of knowledge mm. but a lot of these people are going into these jobs to get that abundance of knowledge it's, yeah. it's that real fine line between common sense yeah having someone with the common sense to work with horses and yeah. having someone with the experience to work with horses yeah and I think a lot of people now because uh, say people in the business they've got 30 40 horses they need to ride they've not got the time to be teaching these people what they need to know yeah and then it's expected of them to do it when yeah. they don't know how I think it's really and say when I was working with Karen she always used to show me what she wanted me to do mm-hmm. and that was brilliant because then that, that's what Karen wanted that's how it was done yeah and I think it's really important now that these riders and trainers and employers show their employees what they want done and how yeah. they want it done because how can you expect someone to do it when you've not shown them yeah you can't be a mind reader yeah so I think like having expectation of service I guess yeah is important I think is but equally what you're saying is as well is kind of having like an openness to accept people might make mistakes because they don't know because they're yeah. there to learn and I think it's difficult in the sense of mistakes obviously set the yard back yeah say or set the competition back say someone put the wrong stirrups on or yeah. they've got the wrong number on like these people at this level they've got certain numbers because they've got certain sponsors yeah so those sponsors are paying money to yeah. have their name and if that name's not being shown then that yeah. is like but if you've not shown that person or told that person you just expect that people aren't mind readers yeah especially younger people in the industry take it to heart when these things yeah. when when they get a bollock in they take it to heart and it's yeah. not it's not coming from a malicious place it no. is genuinely it comes from a place of frustration yeah and not being able to communicate effectively exactly i think communication is so key in in yeah. anything especially in this you need to be willing to communicate and take that time to show your employees of how you want it done and yeah. this is this is this is the way we do it and this is why we do it yeah because there's so many places out this is why we do it oh th- this is how we do it and you're like well that's not what the last person did yeah and I think if you have that relationship between your workers that an understanding of the way the yard works and why it works they feel so integral to mm-hmm. the team mm-hmm. they feel they feel wanted and they feel secure. Yeah. And I think that's something that is so important. People need to feel part of a family because it's yeah. such a hard job. It's yeah. such a draining job, you know, physically, mentally, that by feeling wanted and feeling valued, it makes a lot of people stay. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people leave quite early on because they've got the first the complete wrong impression of it. Yeah. And I think as an industry, it is getting better at that side of things. I think mm-hmm. it is getting more they are accepting more people with there's still that bit of a taboo subject a bit of a gray area yeah of expectations getting that that sort of first leap into that first position is the hardest part yeah it's it's really really difficult for someone who maybe just hasn't met the right people or been exposed to the right things to have the right kinds of experience Mm -hmm. and so it again like it does kind of it ends up coming down to luck and actually sort of looping background I guess that's kind of where like the qualification can kind of come into it because if someone doesn't have the opportunity actually going to a college is the opportunity for them to then be like this is how I can learn but it's about what you make of that opportunity that it is that's the key because someone can go to the same course and get two very different things out of it because it's, it's about what they make yeah. of it and how much they push themselves and how much they kind of go into themselves and think about like is this what I want to do and if this is what I want to do like what will make me stand out mm-hmm. and kind of going that extra mile to get that experience you need to be doing the the jobs that you don't really want to do but it's a foot in the door yeah it's a foot in the door that's so valuable and so important for the rest of whatever you choose to do yeah. and again I think it's really important that give people a chance it's about giving people a chance yeah give them a chance to prove themselves give them a chance to learn yeah because if you teach them how you want you know if you teach them your ways and what why you doing x y and z then you're going to have such a val- valuable team member that you yeah. you know it's like a house a buying a new build it's it's four walls it's blank you make it your own yeah definitely. if you can have someone who's not come in with the experience yeah you can show them everything yeah so it's again about having that person that say giving them a chance giving them the opportunity giving them your experience that mm-hmm. they can then take on with them and you might go to another yard and feel completely out of depth because yeah. it's a completely different way that that is run yeah but that's not a bad thing you've still got somewhat knowledge there yeah. but it's about tuning in to how people like their horses ridden how they like yeah. their yard ridden their yard worked and being open to that experience and yeah. being open-minded like I think 
something that you see quite a lot is people get really like sort of stuck in their heads about like this is how I do things and this is how it must be done everywhere and there's Mm -hmm. only like one right way to do something yeah but actually every yard works slightly differently and as long as you just have common sense is the most important thing as long as you're open to just being like this is how this yard works that makes sense and and you accept that about where you are rather than being like oh well I mustn't be doing something right and feeling really insecure about the fact that someone's doing something differently it's not it's not that they're doing it wrong they're just doing it differently so I think being reliable being reliable for the horses and being reliable for your employers as well Mm -hmm. because I think there's such a again in the industry because it is it's it's not a nine to five job no it's not you don't switch off from it either. Like, oh, 100%, you go home no. and you're like lying in bed at night, and you're like, I know that I locked the gate, but did I lock the gate? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a job that's 365 days a year. You don't get Christmas off. You don't yeah. get, you know. And it's having that reliability that you can have someone that you can take a bit of time out. Yeah. I think that's so important. It's you need to take a bit of time for yourself. Yeah. You need to be able to switch off for a bit and yeah. But but properly switch off, not yeah. just switch off, but oh I'll, I'll just check in on the yard you yeah. need to be trusting that no that someone's yard, got it yeah someone's got it it's fine yeah and I say that's what I'm say very new to the job I'm doing that's what I'm, I'm struggling with is, mm. is the switching off mm-hmm. I'm constantly as you say oh did I put the right rug on oh um I need to do that I need to do that and then I need to do that tomorrow and what I'm learning so far so I've learned so much already over the past five weeks yeah that if I don't get that job done today, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. As long as the horse has been fed and the horse is well. Yeah. The poo picking can wait. The <laughs> um, I'm religious poo picker. I'm like every day I'm out of my gate to poo picking. <laughs> it's like people in the yard just start making like people in the estate are like you're always in that gate. I'm like, so many horses. <laughs> it's about learning to be like no right that's me done for the day. Mm-hmm. I'm I'll come back to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, it's so important that for anyone they have the right say, going back to early have the right support network. Yeah. I think there's so many good organizations that su- supply that support. Um, yeah. I can't remember the name, but there's a grooms one. Yeah. That supply, supply advice. And the BHS are really good with supplying advice as well. Yeah. But there's a difference between a corporate company supplying advice and support and actually having your yeah. close friends and family providing you with support. Yeah. Yeah. You need a bit of both because you kind of need like, like, I don't know, like the legal structure from like something like, is it the British Grooms Association? That's the one. Yeah. Cause they, and they're great. Cause like, I think it's so important, especially for self-employed grooms to have like almost like a union to go to. Yeah. It's no, like you mentioned earlier about like the treatment of like employees and stuff like that, like knowing that there's someone that they can like go to, like they don't feel like they're on their own, but equally you need that sort of personal support network as well to have like the emotional like yeah. side of things too definitely the last question how have horses changed your life i mean i think i'd be rich and be living abroad <laughs> but you know no i think but would been... you be happy <laughs> potentially <laughs> potentially would um, you be emotionally fulfilled <laughs> yes would you be enriched um to me my life has always been horses mm-hmm. my my first memory one of my first memories was hacking along along the beach down at sea cliff mm-hmm. on this pony he was called scorcher and he was the best <laughs> little pony in the world absolutely adored him and at school we used to on a monday when i was about p1 p2 you used to come yeah. in and write like your stories of what you, what you did that week yeah it's always a picture of scorcher always like <laughs> this it didn't even look like a horse but to me it was like picasso yeah um, and it's always my weekends are always filled with with the horses and yeah. bless my parents then as i say my they're not horsey but they've yeah. they've done absolutely everything they can for me they've yeah. supplied me with the, the equipment the running around the taxi service the yeah. the buying of lorries and and everything like that so yeah. I think as a family horses have changed us yeah. I don't think it's just me I think, it's think it brought a, you closer together in some respects yeah in other respects not so much okay I think my mum sometimes struggled with like me being away at weekends yeah. to say since since my accident she's not really come to many shows she's okay. very blessed she came to my first event back she sat she she watched the dressage yeah she watched the show jumping and that was okay yeah and you went on to cross country and she's like i'm going to sit in the car and she <laughs> said to my dad she's like phone me when she's left and yeah. phone me when she's back and she sat there with a bag packed ready in case i had to go into hospital um, and she yeah so she's not been she's not been to many i said there haven't really been that many but she she's yeah. always she's always supplied and supplying the food and you know the, the debriefs when we get back yeah and what you could have done better and stuff so I yeah. think as a family it has 
there has been there that bring us closer but also sometimes it's It's had challenges yeah yeah, definitely but I think horses have they've made me excuse me they've made me who I am I'm very sort of they've shaped you oh 100% and there's such such a life lesson yeah you learn responsibility you learn budgeting you learn you know how to deal with disappointment and how to navigate anxiety and worry and it's so many skill let's say life skills that you wouldn't expect that come with it and I don't think people that aren't in the know don't know yeah so I think people outside of people that don't have horses don't actually understand how much that horse rules your life yeah it's a really hard thing to articulate to people it's really difficult to actually be a human and you know it's like (laughs) I was was at a point where I, I was dating and it was like I can't I can't do this because I've got I can't meet up at the weekend because I've got this to do I can't trying to relay that to someone without feeling guilty about it yeah or say as you said earlier about the FOMO of missing out with friends yeah it just it shapes your life everything you do revolves around yeah around your horse and say it's so many so many life lessons and I think the the biggest ones is is that disappointment aspect and, Mm -hmm. and the worry like been training the best you can and the horse goes lame the day before yeah there's nothing you can do about it so it's yeah. about as a, as I sort of mentioned previously it's about accepting that putting it to bed and moving on to the yeah. next day definitely um but yeah there's the, the sense of achievement as well and your, your pride as well yeah which gets knocked yeah along with your confidence yeah um and again it's about how you rebuild yourself back up to the point that you were at mm-hmm. um resilience as well that's yeah. a you say it's not a nine to five summer job you're out in all weathers doing doing all sorts of things it's not for the faint-hearted and I think that you do need to have going into the industry apart from being keen and reliable is a a bit of a tough skin as well yeah you're going to need to take a bit of backlash you're going to need to take it on the chin and not take it personally I think that's and that I think for people that I know that have worked in the industry that's what they struggled with and that's what they were making the mistakes and they were getting the bollock in but it was taking it to heart taking it to heart Mm -hmm. and it's again it's just about right that goes in that box that goes in that box and we just forget about it it's just about moving on from it yeah and accepting that like yes it's hard but it's also like literally the most rewarding thing in the world yeah i mean (laughs) it's like the when it goes right it's like literally the best feeling ever yeah exactly you you drive four hours you've probably spent about 500 pounds on training probably about 300 (laughs) pounds on your membership and you get down the center line and you turn the right way in your dressage test it's 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 what it's all about yeah i'd say my dad he's always like i've driven all this way all this way for how many minutes riding probably about 10 (laughs) (laughs) you're like exactly (laughs) exactly and we've had a wonderful time doing it and <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on today it's been a pleasure no thank you for having me I said it's been something different and something that it's been really good actually <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it I hope you enjoyed that labyrinth tale there was certainly a lot of layers going on there so what I think the the core message to take away from that is that there's literally no wrong path if you are true to yourself true to reliefs true to your convictions then you will always find the right way through whatever situation it is that you are in I think that Emily's story also demonstrates her strength of character and her bravery to overcome the various different sort of different and complex barriers that she mentions and perhaps maybe even as we were talking I don't even think we were necessarily aware of them being barriers like they were just sort of life things that had happened that then had made it more difficult for her to find her path and I think the interesting thing about a barrier is that when you experience it it's either something that you make the decision to get over and in the making decision to get over it you learn something about yourself and what it is that you want or it's a barrier that you then take it as a redirection and in Emily's story there's been a mixture of both obviously experiencing significant sort of setbacks and things and then kind of being like no but this is actually where I want to be because I have the resilience to survive within this industry because this is where my heart lies and also kind of having other barriers perhaps like when you look at like the stuff that sort of happened like on the PE course where she was like nope this is something that's been put in my way and this actually isn't for me at all and it's being able to kind of recognize the barriers that exist 
as barriers to redirect you and the ones that are there to test you and to make you realize that you are indeed on the path that you're meant to be on and that it's okay to take lots of twists and turns and sort of redirections along the way as well so I think I'm gonna love you and leave you I hope you enjoyed listening to Emily's story I am gonna be honest I am not gonna be as religious with getting podcast episodes out because I do not have the time to edit them at the moment but trust that there are things recorded things in the diary things planned I'm just having to do an awful lot of stuff in the background at the moment to try and get EKUK off the ground basically so yeah watch this space follow social media whilst I'm trying not to be sick in my mouth telling people that I'm trying to start a business host a podcast and do social media not a bit of me at all keep me in the background and I will see you whenever whenever I'm next back bye